Africa. Welcome to Daybreak Africa from the Voice of America. I'm James Barty in Washington. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, and here are some of the stories we are covering. 20 are killed in triple car bombings in central Somalia. Balagwini Police Commissioner Bashar Hussein confirmed the attacks and the death of some local officials. He says this work was planned by Al-Shabaab. Tanzania's president makes a mini-cabinet reshuffle. Lesotho goes to the polls this Friday, October 7th, in parliamentary elections. Ugandan President Museveni's son and an army commander makes a controversial tweet. He seemed to blame President Uhuru Kenyatta for not having run for a third term. So he said Uhuru, whom of course the bigger brother, should have amended the constitution and run for a third term. And DRC refugees to Uganda are expected to double as conflict rages. Those stories and more are coming up on Daybreak Africa. At least 20 people were killed in a triple car bombing attack on Monday in central Somalia, among them two local government officials. Witnesses say two vehicles loaded with explosives detonated in the morning and a third in the afternoon. Ahmed Mohamed Adan reports. Three explosions struck the city of Paladwini in central Somalia, killing at least 20 people and injuring dozens more. Paladwini Police Commissioner Bashar Hussein confirmed the attacks and the death of some local officials. He says this work was planned by Al-Shabaab. Many officials, civilians and soldiers died. We are still counting the figures, he says. He adds the officials who died include the Deputy Commissioner of Finance in Hiran region, MPs and ministers in Hirshabeli state. Jim Ali added that the rescue operations were still in progress. He says, we are excavating ruins of houses to remove injured people and dead bodies which are trapped there. He adds, we mourn, but we do not cry, and we will take revenge against Al-Shabaab. UN office in Somalia said in a tweet, it condemned the attack and sent condolences to the families of the victims. Two of the bomb attacks struck the Lamagalai military base, which hosts the offices of the regional president and several local government officials. One car bomb detonated near the entrance gate. Then witnesses say a truck rushed toward the headquarter building and exploded. The third car bomb exploded while heading to the same target. The attacks come barely a day after Somali government announced the death of a senior Ashabab commander identified as Abdulkadir Nadir in an airstrike in middle Juba region. Nadir, who served as a Shabab's finance chief, was tortured to replace the group's leader Ahmed Diriye or Abu Ubaida, who is reported to be Sikh. He had a $3 million bounty on his head from the U.S. government. Somali government described Nadir's killing as a thorn removed from the Somali nation. Somali government is currently involved in a major counterterrorism offensive against Al-Shabaab in central regions of the country. The operations has gained the support of local tribal militias in Hiran and Gilgadut regions who have joined forces with federal and state government authorities. Ahmed Mohamed for VOA News, Mogadishu, Somalia.
A tweet by Ugandan President Yoweri Museveni's son is raising eyebrows in regional and diplomatic quarters. Lieutenant General Muhuzi Kainarugaba, who is also commander of the land forces of the Uganda People's Defense Force, tweeted on Monday that Kenyan President Uhuru Kenyatta should have run for a third term. Muhuzi's father, President Museveni, who is now 78, changed the constitution twice to remain in power for nearly 40 years. Kenya's constitution prevented then-President Kenyatta from running for a third term. Alex Atuhairi is publisher of the online website, thekampalareport.com. I asked him just what else did Lieutenant General Muhuzi had to say. Number one, he seemed to blame President Uru Kenyatta for not having run for a third term. The constitution in Kenya allows two maximum terms for a sitting president, and Uru could not participate in the recent elections. So he said Uru, who was the bigger brother, should have amended the constitution and run for a third term. And then came the joke of the day where he said that his revolutionary army, whatever that means, is able to take over the Kenyan capital, Nairobi, in two weeks. What do you think has been the reaction to his tweet in Uganda and possibly in Kenya? For sure, it is trending both in Uganda and Kenya. And uh, to me, it's a bit embarrassing diplomatically, but the other guys on both sides in terms of public reaction, they have decided to take it out as the joke that I think it was meant to mean. So far, there is no uh, any reaction from either official or high-ranking government officials on both sides. The public is just having a field there. Could it be that uh, Muhuzi's tweet or his Twitter account was hacked? Hacked? That is definitely out of the question because the tweets are on the general's verified Twitter handle. And this is not the first time that he outs a controversial tweet. He's been known for some time now to go and uh, write uh, on subjects that are very controversial and in a very, very casual uh, way. He says that uh, he's happy, quote, that members of our district in Kenya have responded enthusiastically to my tweet. What does he mean? Are there Ugandans in Kenya who share the same ethnicity as Muhuzi? That Kenya is Uganda's district. Again, this is a very unfortunate bad joke. Of course, it is said tongue-in-cheek, and the joke is supposed to be. He's trying to say that Kenya is a territory of Uganda. It's, I mean, it's absolutely embarrassing diplomatically, but I think it was said as a joke, and to me, coming from a very high-ranking government official, it's an absolute bad joke. Now, Alex, uh, what do you think people should take what Muhuzi supposedly says in his tweet seriously? Well, everything seems to be a social media joke on the part of General Kinerugaba, but I think it is a miscalculated bad joke. The public in Kenya has definitely not taken it seriously, and they're all over the place joking about it, but I think uh, the people who run public affairs in Uganda should take it absolutely seriously that a high-ranking official can go on social media and don't play by the rules. Thank you so much again, my brother. It's always nice to talk with you. Thank you so much, uh, my brother James, for having me, and it's always a pleasure. Bye-bye. 
Alex Atuhaire is publisher of the KampalaReport.com, an online publication. He was speaking with us from the capital Kampala. Balam Barugahara calls himself Vice President of Lieutenant General Muhuzi's Army of Supporters. He says there are millions of them who don't have arms but advocate for generational change in 2026 after current Ugandan leaders will have ruled for 40 years. He tells me that Muhuzi's tweet does not mean that he will use the army to take over Kenya. And as you might be aware, General Muhuzi Kainerugaba, he has millions and millions of young people who support him. I'm one of those commanders of that army. We are not a fighting force, but we fight through civic means. For us, we are supporters of a generational leader whom we believe in. And our fight has been on for years. Now it is a program. So for your information, Mohoz didn't mean he's going to attack Kenya. Mohoz has battalions of units throughout East Africa. The battalions of units, these are local supporters or young generational supporters who believe in him as one of the people who will turn around East Africa as we aim at the regional federation as East Africa. Mohoz has an army in uh, Nairobi, in Dar es Salaam, in Burundi, in Kenya, in Congo, in South Sudan, in the US, in the UK, and everywhere. These are army of civilians who believe in him and who are promoting his endeavors, who are promoting him to be our leader in the nearest time possible. We look forward to take over the leadership of Uganda through peace means and once Uganda has peaceful means changing leadership okay. East Africa will be united as we aim at East Africa Federation we are planning as Moz Army Uganda to visit our Moz Army units in Tanzania and in Kenya soon we shall rock at Carnival so he didn't mean he's taking tanks and armed personal carriers and fighter jets to win Nairobi over to Uganda no I read the article in the Uganda Monday and just by reading the article, it suggests to me that maybe Mr. Muhuzi was suggesting that then-President Uhuru Kenyatta should have changed Kenya's constitution to remain in power. No, he said, I wish he could, but he said he respected the constitution of Kenya, and he had to do the two years. So he said, my brother, he was still very, very popular. He was still very, very much loved. He calls Uhuru Kenyatta his big brother, because Uhuru Kenyatta calls Mohozi his youngest brother. So the reason why he said that was Uhuru is so popular, but he respected the constitution and didn't temper with the constitution. So he didn't mean Uhuru should have changed the constitution. Do you understand, uh, or does Mr. Mohozi understand why people are taking his tweet very seriously? Because not only is he the son of the president of Uganda, he is also the commander of the land forces of the Uganda People Defense Forces, the UPDF. So do you understand why people are taking or might want to take his tweet very seriously? He tweets as Mohoska Nerugaba, who is a senior presidential advisor on special assignment. And one of those assignments is East Africa integration, creating friendship among East African nations. As you could have realized, he led to a peace treaty between us and our neighbor. We had a closed border for over 
so many years, so he came negotiated it, and that was Mohozi, who was in the commander land forces, but Mohozi, the first son, also a young general who's loved by Ugandans and who is a presidential advisor in charge of special assignment. One of our assignments is that Mohozi, go to the world, make every, your neighbors our friends. Mohozi, defend Uganda. Mohozi, promote Uganda, promote sports, promote education, promote art and music. So that is the other part of him. He doesn't speak as UPDF general, but he speaks as a senior presidential advisor in charge of special assignment. Balam Barugahara calls himself vice president of Lieutenant General Muhuzi's army of supporters. He was speaking with us from the Ugandan capital, Kampala. You are listening to Daybreak Africa on The Voice of America. I am James Barton, Washington. Today is Tuesday, October 4th. For more Africa news and features, visit our website at voaafrica.com. Connect with us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tanzania, President Samia Suluhu Hassan has appointed Stogomina Tax as Minister for Foreign Affairs and East Africa Cooperation. The announcement forms part of a mini-cabinet reshuffle the President carried out over the weekend. Tax, the first female to hold the Defense Minister portfolio in the East African country, was the Executive Secretary of the Southern African Development Community, or SADC, a regional body. For more analysis of the move and related political developments, view is Peter Clotty, Rich, Darius Mukiza, journalism and mass media communication lecturer at the University of Dar es Salaam. To me, I see that uh, as, um, as a normal reshuffle, uh, this is not the first time we've been making the reshuffle in the cabinet. I think she's aiming at making a government function according to her plans. That's what I can say. So to me, it is a reshuffle, as you said, for ensuring uh, our plans in the government are moving according to what she's aiming at. Dr. Stegomena Tax, being the former head of SADC, what are your expectations of her in this new role as the new foreign minister? Yeah, my expectations um, are not very far from what we are expecting as a country, but I can say that... Um, I do expect Dr. Sagomina Tax to represent us well internationally and uh, to promote our, our policy of economic diplomacy as being geared uh, by the government of Tanzania. So I do expect a lot from her because she's experienced and I'm sure uh, our country will, go, will continue to work hard and to get recognition at the international platform. Do you think her experience being the former head of the Southern African Development Community, or SADC, will help her in her new role? Yes, I do, because uh, being the former head of SADC has given him the experience, the exposure, and uh, when you take that exposure and the experience and the connectivity to the current um, job, I think it will contribute a lot to say it make her very effective at the international platform. Innocent Bashungwa, who was the, the Minister of State in the President's office, uh, has been moved to the Defence Ministry, taking over from Dr. Tax. What are your expectations of this uh, move too? My expectation, 
I do hope Bashungo is a clean person, hard working guy. And uh, I am sure the Minister of Defense also this uh, is the experience and uh, I'm sure also the president by letting him to head that ministry, he is expecting a lot from him because he knows what he's doing. He's a clean man and a hard working man. So those are my expectations. Has the government been meeting expectations or aspirations of the people of Tanzania? Of course, Tanzanians, including I, we have so big expectations from our president and their government. And uh, we are hoping that uh, the president will be able to implement all the expectations and the pledges as uh, defined in the system manifesto before 2025. So we have a big we have big expectations from the president of the United Republic of Tanzania, as Tanzanians, including myself. And we are sure that she will implement what he taught Tanzania, or what she she praised Tanzania, and that she is going to ensure that all the uh, pledges made in the uh, manifestos are going to be implemented before 2025. Darius Mukiza is the journalist and mass media communication lecturer at the University of Dar es Salaam. He was speaking with viewers Peter Clotting. Lesotho will go to the polls this Friday, October 7th, in parliamentary elections. The Mountain Kingdom has been dogged by political instability for years because of the frequent changes of government. There are 48 candidates, each promising different policies, from reforming the political system for fighting corruption to providing better health care and improving the country's agricultural sector. Mpaza Mogochane is chair of Lesotho's Independent Electoral Commission. He tells me the commission is ready to administer the vote on Friday. Because on Friday, last week, we had the voters who are applying for advanced voting have already cast their ballots. In Lesotho, we have about 10 districts. Today, there are those areas that are inaccessible, which are only accessed by use of a helicopter. So the Lesotho Army assisted us to deliver in about two districts the voting material in preparation for Friday. So how many political parties uh, will be participating in these elections? In this election, we have 48 political parties participating. Did you say 48? Yes, 48. Yes, you are correct, 48. So if you have that many parties... Can any one party be victorious? And what happens if there is no outright winner? Yes, you know, our system, the way it works, we have seen that uh, it's very difficult for one party to take the majority. It will be now since that we have started this electoral model, the mixed member proportion. We have never seen a party that is in the position to take the 60 plus one constituencies because we have 120 seats. What will happen is that the parties, they will form the coalition government. That's what they have been doing in the past. They will form a coalition government. Did you say you have a mixed model? Could you explain that? Yes, we have a mixed member proportional system. What does that mean? Yes, we have a mixture of the first past the post 
where we have 80 constituencies. And we also have, in addition to that, 40 PRCs. So we mix those now. We have a total of 120 seats in the National Assembly. What are you hearing from uh, the voters? Are they motivated or enthusiastic about these elections? Yes, the weekend that we have passed, we're having the last rallies for political parties. There were so many and peaceful rallies that we saw over the weekend, meaning now that political parties have completed their rallies. So now they will be engaging only into the door-to-door campaigns. You know, I asked that question because I read a survey by Afrobarometer earlier this year it found that uh, many Basoto don't have confidence in their politicians and so they are not quite motivated about these elections. What do you think? Even if they were not motivated, there are parties that we have a number of parties which are led by young politicians and even the number of parties. Take, for example, in 
and that number is expected to more than double by the end of the year. UNHCR's Uganda representative Matthew Crensil says as a result, resources are overstretched. If you look at the funding received now compared to the new needs, I mean, given the planning figure which has been reviewed, it's only about 11% or so which has been received, which is woefully inadequate, I mean, to cover the growing needs of these refugees. Ugandan officials say a holding centre for refugees has been opened up to support the overflowing transit centre, which already hosts some 14,000 refugees. Daniel Kisamo is the Nyakamande Refugee Transit and Holding Centre Commandant. We are operating two centres at a go. The transit centre being for those ones who are ready to move to the settlement. Then the holding centre was designated for those ones who still need to make up their mind or in case to wait for their family members because we know what war does. The M23 rebels launched attacks on DRC forces in 2012 saying they were fighting for good governance. After being quiet for nearly a decade, the group resumed fighting in late 2021, seizing territory and causing refugees to flee the violence. Congo has repeatedly accused its smaller Central African neighbor Rwanda of backing the M23, a charge Kigali denies. Meanwhile, Congolese refugees like Gidide wait, hoping to be reunited with family and return home soon. Halima Othmani for VA News, Kisoro, Uganda. And that's it for this Tuesday, October 4th edition of Daybreak Africa.